messages being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Yo, 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 yo. What's happening, guys? Back for, uh, what, what is this? Episode so 7 now? Well, episode yeah. 7? Is it? Of the Boundless yeah, Pod Trap movie review. We each did one, John did one, and now we're cycling through wow. the round again. Time flies. I feel like we were just doing Pulp Fiction. Well, we did. I feel like we say that one. for the last well, yeah, opening of <laughs> the last few ones, too. <laughs> I was going to say, we need to come up with like a, a, a different intro whoever leads i feel like every podcast this one the other one that we do where it's like what's going on fellas like that's what we always say we know what's going on uh movie review that's what it is and since i'm starting it off with the opening here it must be my movie it is it is your movie god help us all (laughs) oh my god you guys are gonna love it i feel like you guys are this will be the last you hear of lonnie and i talking on here optimistically (laughs) i don't know what that means You'll have to explain it. Of a, this is the last of us talking. So yeah. basically, what this episode's going to be is me and Jeremy trying to pronounce Asian names for ten minutes, <laughs> and then <laughs> Justin <laughs> telling us about a movie for two hours, scene by scene. Two hours. We've haven't gone over like an um, an hour fifteen. I know. Uh-huh. Due to editing, because <laughs> <laughs> even the editing's like on. Yeah. Hand me one of them donut holes, there, Bubba. Boom. Oh, wow. Well, today. Tonight, this morning, whatever time you guys are watching this, we are going to be covering 2005's Chapolong Killzone, starring Donnie Yen and Sammo Hung. It's called Chapolong Killzone? It's a Chapolong. It's a SPL. I think I watched the wrong one then. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) There is I a that same fucking thing. There well, is a kill zone that is. Uh, I mean, I, I sent you guys a link. Yeah, I'm to glad. It, but that's the only reason I knew yeah. I was watching the right one because I had to pause it halfway through an IMDb hit. And, and I already knew you guys are. <laughs> you guys are already watching the same thing because you said you're going to be trying to decipher uh, Asian names here. So <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there is an I American. Pretty much do that with most Asian culture movies. There is an American version of Kill Zone that is nothing like this. It's I think it was in the 80s or early 90s or so. But yeah. that's the one that I kept coming across. I'm like, yeah, this can't I, be it because I know Donnie Yen is in it, and yeah, that this has has the uh, oh fuck, what's his name in it? Samahung? Uh Wing Jun or, or Ju Wing? No, <laughs> don't make fun of my <laughs> Asian heritage. <laughs> Ju Wing, Wu Jing, Wu Jing. I, I said it wrong twice. Wu Jing, Wu Jing. So it's going to be it? all three of us making racist stereotype Asian names. <laughs> But, but you're married to one. Just, it's racial, not Justin racist. Will, his will sound legit because he kind of sounds like I grew the, up in the in the culture of the Orient, so. 
be all right. It'll be all right. Oh, I'll yeah. get by. I'll probably be brutal a lot of this, but anyways, <laughs> Killzone, one of my favorite movies starring Donnie Yen. And this is one of the things I wanted to do for you guys because I don't know how familiar you are with Donnie Yen, but Donnie Yen is one of my top favorites. A lot of people, they pit him against a lot of uh, the other ongoing, like, who would win in a fight? Jet Li or Donnie Yen? Like, who's better than whatever? It's like, nowadays, because of Donnie Yen's character, he is a type of actor, martial artist who can adapt to the times. And what I didn't like about, like, I, I love Jet Li movies, but what he's kind of fragile. Like, he broke both of his legs as a child, and he wasn't supposed to be fighting or competing, and yet he still continued with his martial arts. So... Donnie Yen would definitely beat him by far. They're both extremely fast, but Donnie Yen is probably faster. Anything that you saw in this movie is not increased in speed. That's his actual speed. Jeez, looks pretty slow to me. <laughs> it's, it's not Yen or Yam for me. Get it? Because that's <laughs> their names. Donnie Yen or Simon Yam. Yen. Get it? You, you yes, get it? I get it. You get it? Yen or Yam? Or Anyways. Hung. So, Internet Movie Database, the uh, description of this, it's uh, a near-retired inspector and his unit are willing to put down a crime boss at all costs while dealing with his replacement, who is getting in their way. Meanwhile, the crime boss sends his top henchmen to put an end to their dirty schemes. And the Internet Movie Database gives this a 7 out of 10. It's directed by Wilson Yip, which you have probably seen Donnie Yen in a lot of his. That's one of his go-to guys. Ip Man is one of his more notable movies or franchises. They're already up to Ip Man 4, which I'm excited because they got Scott Atkins in that. and uh, They even got Mike Tyson in one Get of the Ip Mans. And <laughs> that makes you excited? Uh, no, but but he did a good job. He did a good job for, for what it was. White American who eats babies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Wilson, yep, he directed and he also wrote this uh, along with a few other people. So yeah, Donnie Yen, Sammo Hung, Simon Yam, to name a few. The One of the things <laughs> also that... Tight. Thank you. One of the things that I also wanted to cut out of the way before it gets too problematic. I don't know if I want to say problematic, but... This is an Oriental flick. This is a Hong Kong flick. Um, you I don't say. <laughs> I prefer to watch things in its native language and just read the subtitles uh, if I'm not fluent. I'm not fluent, guys, so just go with it. I think it kind of takes me out of it when people sub over it. And you did say that you watched. I did. I admitted it straight off the go right. that I did watch it dubbed. Did you? Yeah. See, yeah, I can't I can't watch things dubbed. I have to have the subtitles. Right. Yeah, see, I was trying to multitask while I was watching this movie because I'm, I'm packing because I'm just moving into a new home, just closed on a new home. So I'm trying to speed pack and watch an infant at the same time. So I knew I would miss miss certain things watching dubbed you really do miss out on the tone of the movie oh, yeah. and it's usually a lot more cheesier too when a voice actor adds their take to it it's oh, like yeah. oh, right. you want to come over here and do that it's like that's not how they're <laughs> it's, saying that it's yeah. the worst right. but and i'll explain a little when we get to our ratings right which we'll move into uh in a in a second here yeah but was that all yeah well i mean i'll get more into it when we get into our ratings about the about the dubbing seconds up uh-huh. Well, okay, we'll just go straight into it then. So I'll come flat out and say I am not a big fan of action movies. They're not my favorite. They're probably, other than straight, straight, make-you-cry dramas, my least favorite genre of movies. 
what I realized is I'm not a fan of the American style of action movies. The dialogue leads the dialogue leads the dialogue to big action explosion end of movie. With the Asian style of action movie is little dialogue, more action. And I think watching this movie dubbed really didn't take away a lot of the atmosphere and tone of this movie because it was so driven on action and the choreography was so beautiful, like you were saying, with Donnie Yen's character and everybody in general. And even the the Wong Po character during their scene with him being a little bit bigger of stature, you'd expect him to be slower, but their scene was flawless. It was what you would expect like the end boss to be in a video game. Like you wouldn't expect him to be fast, but he was fast. You right. wouldn't expect him to be so strong. He was so strong. I would say flawless to an extent. There was like a few minor was, things that yeah. I'd pick apart. The only thing about this movie, and, and we could touch on it as we go, I wish there was a little bit more character development with some of the characters. And I think that took me out of it a lot. But if they did all the character development I wanted, it would have been like a two and a half hour movie. I think they did really well, keeping yeah. it at that hour and a half slot. I give it a solid seven out of ten. Seven. Just up there with the uh, internet movie database rating here. I guess going back to the Asian American culture, you do have to understand that there is a difference in that. There is a culture shock. I think a lot of people who might be less geared to these sorts of movies will look at it and be like, well, that's not how things would go. It's like, no, the gangs do run the streets sometimes. Absolutely, and, and certain yeah. Of, of like Hong Kong or inner city China. Right. Know, and this well, is actually what, what sort of happened. And, well, in American action movies as well, like they, they push so much in like – Make, giving you a backstory on the character and making him larger than life and being like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, sensitive but also strong, and he he's trying to save his kids, and I don't give a fuck about Dwayne the Rock's kids. I don't give a fuck that he hurt his wrists playing softball at the age of six. I don't care. Just beat someone's ass, blow something up. And I think that with this movie and a lot of other of the the Korean, the Japanese, the Hong Kong action movies – they use the dialogue and this movie especially to just get from fight scene to fight scene. Yeah, I can see that. And it, it in some areas, the dialogue gets kind of diluted just trying to get from scene to scene. There was a couple times I got lost in it, but yeah, yeah, I liked a, it. A few things that might be a hiccup in the translation as far as like these subtitles are voiceover, the dubs, the subs, but – for the most part, this is how the culture would exist. Right. And I think a lot of people get pulled out. It's kind of like... So are we just forgetting our oh, ratings? No, no, we're we're still getting, getting into, into the movie. I'm still getting into it. <laughs> but no, it, it, it's something that you kind of have to consider sitting down to it. It's like if you're reading a book, you read from left to right, you know, but if you're reading like a manga, it's right to left, you know, page flipping the, the opposite way. It's like when you approach a movie like this, you have to sit with a different mind frame. Like I know what I'm getting into now. Now I know what I'm getting into. This is an American version. This is a Asian version. But separating that and then adding your ranking to something like that, I think you have to approach it differently. But for me, I do love this movie. There's a lot to it. It gets straight to the point. Like I said, the dialogue doesn't necessarily drive it. The action does the intensity, the emotion. You know, and there is a lot of emotion for being based around pretty much 99% men. And most people, I guess, see that as like, oh, it's it's just going to be context driven. But it's like, no, there's there's something deeper here that they're they're trying to say protect or build up. But for me, I would have to give this a 9.5. There's just minor things I could pick out. So other than that, 
So I start every movie out at a five. I don't start it at a zero. I start at a five because five on our scale basically means a movie is a movie. So when I'm watching a movie at the start of it, it's a movie. This movie, I will say, Justin sent us the link on YouTube. Sometimes I forget. I don't usually watch movies on YouTube. Sometimes I forget what streaming device I'm watching it on. So I watched the first like 20 minutes of this movie. No subtitles, nothing. And I will tell you, I cursed Justin's name when it started. And they're talking in Chinese, Japanese, whatever it is. And um, and there was no subtitles. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's just this opening scene. It's a flashback or whatever. Maybe once it gets in the movie, they'll start talking English. (laughs) Didn't happen. I'm like, well, fuck me. And I mean, it was a pretty easy thing to follow along. But then I remembered, I'm watching this on YouTube. If I go to settings, I can turn on English subtitles. And I did. And then I think I did it at the right time because there was key information where I'm like, I would not have gotten that without subtitles. So this movie stayed out of five for a long time for me. Then the first fight scene happened. And I'm like, holy shit. This is fast paced. A heavier set guy is doing things that a tone ripped lean guy would do. And it was very brutal. And then the movie kept going and going and going. And especially that end fight scene. I'm like, though unrealistic, some of the things he was doing, I was like, wow, that's brutal. It was a simplistic storyline, which I like. It wasn't overcomplicated with anything. And then the, which I'll get into later, the ending of the movie not the end end, but like the end of the fight scene, the little twist that happens there. I'm like, wow. It has a Shakespeare in your ending. Yes. Yeah, big time. And, and I'm just like, wow. I will admit going into this when it first started, I'm like, I don't know about this movie. Um, but I think surprisingly, you, Justin, you might, you might be surprised that I gave this 8 out of 10. 8? Yes. Nice. That is a overall skill of a BPT rating of 8.5. Right on. Yeah. That's our podcast. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah, no, the ending of this movie, it was so poetically beautiful. And I don't know if they meant it to be so poetically beautiful, but from dissecting it and the way it was, like, man, yeah, Shakespearean's the best way to put it. Like, it was so beautiful. Well, and like most movie endings nowadays, I feel like they put so much into the movie and then they rush the ending or there's no thought to the ending. And like I could, there could be a lot of movies I watch. I'm like, fuck, this is a great movie. And then the ending just, it's blah, falls Grim. flat. Uh, this one didn't. And, you know, as this disclaimer at the beginning says, there's spoilers here. When um, Wong Pao. Wong Po. Wong Po. Played by Sammo Hung. Huh. You think he's dead. And then he basically has that horror movie. Yeah, out of nowhere, yeah. when you think it's all over and everything's good, he comes out back from the dead and kicks Donnie Yen out the window. And yeah. he falls on a car which had Wong Po's wife and baby in it. Yeah. And it killed them. And I'm like, what the fuck did yeah. I just see? And then, of course, um, the guy that played um, Chung, I think. Chan. Chang. Chan. Yeah. Inspector Chan. You know, he had he has cancer in it, and then it's like the end end scene is him with his goddaughter yeah. on the uh beach and like nobody has she, any happy endings. Yeah, he kills yeah. over and dies, yeah. and it's like to me that means his his goddaughter dies because she's this little girl playing by the ocean or the sea, and it's like there's nobody around, so it's like does she wander off in the water? What happens to her? See, that was there's a rough nothing- thing because the Hoi, Hoi Yi, uh, which was the goddaughter, 
She was the daughter of the parents who were in the witness protection, which Inspector Chan was trying to protect, but then they were supposed to pretty much rat on Wang Po to put him away. But he had Jack murder them. And that's how, you know, Chan got the glass in his head. And then upon further inspection, they're like, well, you have a tumor and we don't know how long you're going to live. So he ended up taking her in as his own because she didn't have anybody. She didn't have a family. He was supposed to protect the family and her. But yeah, for her to pretty much go out there playing, you know, uh, displaying some lust for life, like just living her life there. Like she experienced her parents' death due to the traumatic experience that it was kind of wiped from her memory. And that was kind of the fortunate thing for her. But now that she has this godfather who is taking care of her and kind of dies right there in front of her, unbeknownst to her, she has to, eventually she, she recognizes it. Now it doesn't show you exactly where they are at this beach, but I assume it is a, a beach that people do populate. So she probably did get cared for at the end. I, I can't say I that she know, died. Man, but... every time they're on that beach, nobody was there. <laughs> right. Well, they they at the very end, you see the shoes put there. You don't see that little a, shoes. That was a nice touch. I yeah. like that shot. That was kind that of was this sending cool. off. But yeah, I want to preface this. The title SPL Chapeau Long. This is pretty much going to be the only like meaningful or symbolic thing because it is titled correctly. It is you have Sha Po and Long. Those are the three stars. That's the power star which is called Seven Killings. You have the Ruinous Star, which is called the Army Breaker. And then you have the Flirting Star, which is called the Greedy Wolf. And these three stars, with their changes, they could create or destroy that beautiful life of yours. That's how it is put in the Chinese astrology. So SPL, for short, it symbolizes power, destruction, and lust. And in Chinese astrology, the position of these stars, they warrants one's fortunes. So anywhere that these people were at any point of their life... It can go one way or another. So, and that's with anything, obviously. But you have the four main people of the group. Their lives can change drastically depending on their, you know, like you have the greedy one who is just wanting the money. You have the army breaker who is just like the the headstrong, the angry one. But this doesn't necessarily fall directly for that character because you can kind of display these characteristics yourself at any one point of your life. I, I did want to make mention that Sammo Hung, uh, this is kind of a, a veer into my life, but Sammo Hung as Wang Po, he always has like the stern look, uh, which just kind of reminds me of my dad exactly because Sammo Hung looks like a Chinese version of my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you did show me a picture. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is like it doesn't look like he is him. Right. Let's put it that <laughs> He's way. Got the, the same like my dad just has a bald spot up top. Other than that, he looks like Samo Hung. Identical to him. Yeah. There is such a discrepancy between attractive Asian culture men to non-attractive Asian culture men. Like in America, there's like stages of beauty. There is unattractive Asian culture men and like beautiful Asian culture men. Like there isn't that middle range. Like Donnie, Donnie Wen. What's happening here? <laughs> I think he's, is he coming out? <laughs> <laughs> like the garage doors open. Yeah. Uh, no, but Donnie, Donnie Wen is a beautiful man. And Timmy Hung, beautiful man. Like there's such a discrepancy between people in this movie. And I don't know why I noticed it, but I don't know if they played it do I. up. <laughs> I don't know if they played it up. And it was just one of those things I noticed. And uh, Wong Po's wife as well. Hey. She's the most beautiful. Well, he married woman. down. He's got money, so well, or married up. The most beautiful woman in the movie. I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was just 
something they did, but now that I think about it, she was like the only adult female in yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, there was a, a few nurses, I think. Yeah. That's well, why, that but, yeah. doesn't count really. <laughs> what I was going to say about Sammo Hung, he gives chunky guys like you, Lonnie, some hope <laughs> <laughs> that you can not just uh, Well, I Sammo Hung grew up in the Chinese circus, so he was rolling around with Jackie Chan. He's been in Bruce Lee movies. Is like, he in a popular like American TV show? I feel like uh, he was. Yes, I didn't... he was in Martial Law. He that's was, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I. I. Because I was like watching him. Like now, I know that's Justin's dad, but what else? <laughs> <was> he... <laughs> uh, hey, actually, uh, my dad used to watch that Walker Ranger and Martial Law used to come in back and back. So yeah, we used to watch that. that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go out on a, a limb here, Justin, and say that the character of Jack is your favorite character, and I think it's a character you would love to play, or you see a lot of yourselves in it because. From his hairstyle, back when you had hair. That would be your favorite. That's the, Mohawk. The, the, <laughs> his attire, his just everything about him, I just felt like when I was watching it, like, I think this is Justin's favorite character in this movie. I think about that now. My my favorite character is still Donnie Yen because I've always been a huge Donnie Yen fan. But Wu Jing is an amazing martial artist. Like, he had a big break he did like something way back in and then like 10 years later he didn't do really much anything he kind of put himself in the academy uh wushu and stuff um i think he also has taekwondo but not necessarily i hated this guy i i really like that motherfucker got what he deserved you know like that's that's how much i hated him but knowing the actor himself because he is also in the next um kill zone there's three kill zones tony ja and and wu jing are like the leads in the next one but i do now I would like to play a character like that. But back then, when I first was introduced to this, like 20, well, can't be 20, at least 15 years ago or so, um, yeah, I hated the dude. <laughs> well, I watched a suggested video on YouTube after I watched it. Was a, it was like a 50-some minute fight scene with Donnie Yen and um, Wu Jing, or whatever, however you pronounce his name. And it was that alley fight that yeah, they were yeah. doing. And it was behind the scenes. Very interesting. I didn't watch the whole thing. But God, like it's a, it's, it, it was almost like they went into that, not even knowing what the choreography was going to be. It was like they were making it up on the spot. And it was interesting because they would have Donnie Yen would watch two other random guys do the moves and stuff. And he'd be like, no, let's do this. And so it was like, he was watching them do it. And then he's like, okay, once they got it figured out, then him and Wu Jing would step in and they would do it. And I mean, cinematography wise, God, that it's a lot of the same things over and over. And it's crazy because he would have padding under his uh, sleeves sleeves. Yeah. And like, he was really, really getting hit, hit and he would, he would miss a lot of times and hit him in the wrist. And there's lots of times where uh, Wu Jing would be like, ah, we got to stop. We got to stop type thing. And I mean, it was very interesting to watch. I'd never really seen a making of fight scene like that. An actual fight scene with how flipping hey, fast they go yeah it's they, crazy they are perfect matches for each other and and i loved the dynamic that they have like Wu Jing in this movie he's portrayed very fast flow wide movements blade and uh donnie yen he's power straight to the point not too circular with, with his movements the cinematography that goes around that that doesn't necessarily cross the line you know, like it's going back and forth over the shoulder, but it's not crossing the line as far as the, the, the choreography. Everything's selling on one side, and then you switch to the other side because of a camera awareness. What I also love about this is they're selling their hits. It's like yeah. they know it's painful, and they're like backing away from each other. Like, 
you know, like that fucking hurts, you know, that's how it's going to be in an actual fight. Right. A lot of the fights where it's, let's just make a 10 minute fight scene. And it's like, no, you're going to be winded. You're gonna be out of breath. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And both of you guys, what I wanted you guys to pick out from this is the amount of wrestling moves that they pulled. Uh, yeah. From yeah. This. I was calling <laughs> out like, Oh, suplex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> I took chair shot. What I like that they do too, especially in the, the bar scene fight or wherever lounge, wherever they're fighting that end scene is how they put baby powder on everything. Like their shoes, the top of the um, bar or whatever. So when they hit just the surface, yeah. Surface powder, it gives, it shows impact. That's one thing I wanted to use in unemployed was I brought baby powder for our fighting characters. That's what that's for. uh, Okay. (laughs) But I mean like selling that, like showing that, like, it looks like they're dirty. It's like, well, this guy's dressed in a, a $500 suit or more and powder's just like coming off of him. Is he dirty? Like, well, no, I'm, it's just an impact uh, effect. Right. Well, I mean, rolling around on the ground and bumping into stuff, there's going to be that natural dirt element right. that comes out of things. So it's not crazy to believe that that happens. There's a few things I, I with Wu Jing uh, in particular, for a guy who wears all white and uses his blade as his weapon yeah, of choice not much blood no blood on him until the very end when he gets yeah, yeah. i thought the same thing i'm like mm. and that was one of the reasons why i gave the movie a seven was some of the instances with the wujing where he's taken full force slashes and they're taking stab wounds through the elbow and still fighting a little bit is unrealistic and and that's the problem where action movies struggle to me like, realistically, I break a toenail, and I'm fucking done. Like, it's all right, you win. <laughs> so for someone taking a blade through the elbow ditch and out the elbow and still throwing punches and blocks with that same arm, yeah. Are you talking about Inspector Chan taking the knife to the arm? In the parking garage? Oh, like that yeah. one too? Yeah. yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just some things that are so outlandish it takes me out of the moment. And it's 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 the same thing with, like, professional wrestling. Like, there's some things that just are too unrealistic to make you yeah. go, yeah, that's right. Like, getting punched in the face repetitively, one of them's going to knock you out. Like, realistically. Counting to ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought the choreography, the fight choreography in this movie was great. Absolutely. The one, the my favorite part is the last part when um, Donnie Yen has Samo Hung. He's choking him mm-hmm. and his phone rings. Absolutely beautiful. And scene. how he lets up so that he can talk. He has a and heart. Then, then the minute they hang up right back onto it. And I was like, wow. Like, I don't know why that spoke volumes to me but i thought that was very well done well that's that whole scene like that scene from that point to the end it makes it make sense and makes it so impactful that like he's willing to show heart and it shows that wong po is the ultimate evil like he's willing to be so bad he gets what he deserves like he's so evil and is willing to take out his enemy that he's willing to give up everything he loves to win. And and in turn, he does. Yeah. That was his falling grace, if you will. Like, w- when he answered the phone and got it kicked out of his hand, like, it went to speakerphone, and she was like, you know, the baby and I miss you, and that's when he lets up a little bit. It's like, I don't know if he's doing it. He's not doing it for Wong Po. He doesn't care for Wong Po after yeah. what has happened to his men. He's doing it because the baby and the wife, they're victims of their environment. Like, they don't necessarily need to... They don't deserve the punishment, right. yet they are still in the targets of the 
the wrath. But what I really liked about this movie is it, it anchors the emotions early on, especially with Wong Po. So like it, it hooks it in with the little girl. So like both of her parents were murdered by direction of Wong Po. And then when he is in the hospital waiting for his wife after the second miscarriage, all he wants to do is be a dad. He wants to be a loving husband. He wants to be a dad. Yet he has this corrupt business as like a triad leader. Right. And he would probably walk away from that just to be that father figure. When she comes up to him and like gives him a, a piece of candy, like, why are you sad? Hopefully, you know, this candy will make you happy. And he doesn't know that this is the little girl that whose parents he just killed. And he doesn't recognize that until Inspector Chan comes in and pulls her away. And I don't know if he puts it together then, but you feel bad for him. Like he wants a kid. That scene right there, I thought there was an interesting cinematography thing when it's like showing a hung sitting in the chair in the hallway. And then it does a split screen and it's showing uh, them walking away. And just, it's kind of like his POV, like as they're moving away. I just thought it was an interesting choice. Like when it first went to a split screen, I'm like, I don't know about that. And then I was like, that was actually kind of a pretty beautiful shot. I could be wrong, but I want to say this was a comic book. I don't know if it was after the movie, but I'm pretty sure it is a comic book now. But I think it, it just used that comic effect. Yeah. But yeah. So Inspector Chan, he's the lead to the case trying to put Wong Po away. And he's been trying so for years now, but nothing seems to stick. So he was one of the survivors from the initial assassination and taking care of the little girl. The 13 minutes in, Chan makes a little promise that he won't let anything happen to his men. And he's talking to like the new recruit saying to go undercover and work for Wong Po so they can take him in from the inside. And that was kind of crazy because I don't know how he would find out who is the not necessarily the rat or the snitch, but the inside guy because they ended up murdering that guy. And that was the guy who was filmed by the the, handicap person. I I don't know if they were trying to make him handicap, but he was fuck. They weren't. (laughs) Yeah. That he had definitely some, some sort of mental development issues. Uh, I thought he was just really shy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, the actual handicap person was the person that Donnie in pretty much retarded. Like he pulled back and one hit and just, mentally well, decimated that's his physically yeah handicapped and after yeah. that that's like because he was after this suspect for who knows how long they, they didn't press on that storyline which is good because you have enough of it to work with right and it's like cool and he feels bad for what he did he he handicapped this guy this guy does not have his functions his faculties anymore he is now what was a uh, low-life criminal to a handicapped beggar in a sense he walks around with a cart. He meets every single week playing King of Fighters. And he loses to him because I think he's just, there's guilt. And not only that, but like the, the handicapped guy tries to help him. Like, you need to try harder. You need yeah, to, you know, he knows. You, you never, but yeah. he thinks he's legitimately winning against Inspector Ma or Donnie Yen's character. But yeah, he, he has that heart. And he was lost at one point and his star moved to a different direction. And now he has integrity and trying to be a better person when he was younger his dad was killed by criminals and there was nothing that he could do and he wanted to get on the force he never looked back he wanted to write things from the inside and then he's in with a crew uh trying to lead a new crew and all of them have like their little issues right so going back to donnie yen again here so donnie yen was the reason why i wanted you guys to did we ever leave him no we didn't (laughs) (laughs) you might recognize him from like other movies like blade 2 he was the guy with the bow staff. Star Wars Rogue One, he was the guy, the blind guy with the bow staff. He was also in Once a Time in China. He was the guy with the staff. 
Uh, uh, Grease, Danny Zuko. Popular Ip Man <laughs> franchise. Also known with the staff. Jet Li's hero was the guy with the staff. Monkey King. And he was a legendary Monkey King with the bow staff. So he uses Deep like throat. the... He was the guy with that staff. <laughs> <laughs> and in here, he has like a uh, makeshift bow staff with a baton. It's it's like a half staff, but yeah. You know, after watching this movie, I don't know that I really have seen anything with Donnie Yen in it before. I kind of want to start watching some stuff within very, it. Very, very good. But since I'm a huge Cobra Kai fan, I would love to have him on that show. Or at least be teaching the fight choreography in some of those episodes. Oh, as far as like behind the scene? or, or Yeah, I mean, he could be a character actor. in front of the camera, but I think that if he was teaching the choreography for like the Cobra Kais... To be honest, Man. though, I don't think anyone is that talented enough on that show. But if you have somebody like him that's been doing this long enough, then they're a good teacher uh, slash yeah. sensei. I don't know. And the Cobra Kai's are being set up for season four being all the fit people yeah. that are in shape. So I think that they could yeah. do it. What I liked about hole. the talent of <laughs> Inspector Ma. <laughs> no, the talent of Inspector Ma. Like he enters the office and he like analyzes the desks of his new team. So he kind of cool. gets the lay down of the people before he actually meets them. So he gets the gist or the read by the, the interacting with the environment. So Wa, he's the temperamental one. You got Kwok, which is devotion to his daughter. And you got Lee, which is like the strategist, the interest in finer things, mainly travel. And yeah. Lee, he's not necessarily committed to his job as though you get from the interaction with Inspector Ma. He's wondering like, did you ever doubt being on the force? Because if you looked at Inspector Lee's desk, he has like maps and stuff and his family is in Brazil. They, they left and... Like, he just kind of wanted to get out of there. He's the one who put the money in his trunk, kind of like his going away, Wong Po's money into his trunk. Speaking of, like, that little bit of character development between them, when Yin and Yam are, <laughs> they, when they're they're doing their walk around the city and they go to, like, the downtown area and they throw the bottle at them. It's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, like, it shows you that seedy underbelly of the city. What they do to the kid where they make him take off his boots and walk, the walk in the glass. But that quick transition to where Wong Po comes out and that that just like you think this is you being tough, but this is actually like our revolution. Like it's so it's so smoothly, beautifully transitioned. To where they're trying to be tough and they're trying, he's trying to, to show Yin that, no, if you want to be a cop, you got to be an asshole, which is, I think, basically like the way the world is right now in 2005, they were thinking like, this was a fictional world and now we're living in that world. It was neat to look at what people thought was fictional and now we live in it every day. Right. I thought that was probably one of the cheesier spots when Wong Po comes down, you know, clinking the glass to the railing. It's like, Warriors. are you going to break out in song? Or <laughs> Oh, they Jets. did. They did in the Sharks. version I watched. <laughs> that was my next topic. <clears throat> I liked the dialogue between Inspector Chan and Inspector Ma. Like when they first met, they were on the beach. He approached them and there was like this simple proverb that kind of like sweeps the meaning to everybody. They were talking about the, the tumor and he was asking like, how long do you have? And... Chance says like he's running out of time and it's like, well, you won't know until the final day. And I think that kind of speaks volumes for everybody else because 
you know, Wang Po, he lost his wife and his child. Ma loses his life. The team all die before they can carry out their and mend their relationships and all their desires. Like somebody wants to travel. Somebody wants to mend his relationship with his daughter. The other one wants to, you know, also mend his relationship with his father who hasn't spoke to in over 10 years. And the minute they do. Yeah. That's when it's the end. And never accomplish goals, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your dreams are stupid. <laughs> uh. I was going to ask you, Justin, since you find meaning in things, because I just thought this was very random. So the part where they're all on the beach, even his goddaughter, yeah, and he throws the pink ball in the ocean. Is there what? What's the purpose? Like to me, that's just mean. That's the little girl's ball. Yeah. It's like well, he Fuck was you. It's going he in was the ocean. The, they're just being mean. Inspector Wall was the temperamental one. Like he was the one who always had that issues. temperamental that he's going to throw a little girl that's doing <laughs> she's nothing like, to him and her she's ball. Like, in the Dad, boat. he threw my ball in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. It was just yeah, that was just their basically their attitudes. Like you're supposed to believe that those other three are just assholes. Yeah, he goes head first into the. But they're the, the ones elements. that are going to be taking care of that girl when he passes on. Oh, the current will bring it back. Yeah, you're just at that time of the movie, they're trying to just make you believe that these three are the bad cops. I didn't get that at all. And it's yeah. not that they're bad cops. I think cops. that was badly done then. It's just that they're trying so hard to put Wong Po away, but everything that they try does not stick. And now this is where they have to play dirty. Inspector Chan is on his way out. Like he wants to see this guy behind bars and stay behind bars before he hangs up his badge. So that's where they get the tape and they delete the end of it. And they're trying to keep everybody else in the dark. And it's like, no, you're guilty. Like the last people who had, you know, who are witnesses to you, you killed them. And fuck this girl's yeah. little ball. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm tired of this. You're still on that? I am. There has to be some meaning to that. Well, I mean, like, he was just... He's throwing away her... He was an asshole. Inspector Wall was an asshole. Like, I didn't look what get he did that, with, though. I didn't like, get that at all. Look what he did movie. with the filmmaker's room. Like, he trashed the dude's stuff for no reason. Yeah, because he was told to do that. And that guy was oh, like... Oh, no. Oh, I I he wasn't told to trash him. That was just the way he carries out things. No, he told him to take care of it. Yeah, which, he didn't say take care of it, but he was just... He did say take <laughs> care of it. Why are you quoting it? That's exactly what he said. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I think that I guess that could be one of the downfalls to this movie was I don't think that the character development was. Yeah. So I thought that was quite, kind of which messed up. Lani did say that. Because so. it wasn't Wong Po. It was a Japanese dude. Well, I guess he's supposed to play a Chinese, but it was his white hand guy who had like the fedora, the weird ass hat. He was the one who shot the undercover agent, the new recruit. But Wong Po was the one taken to his face with the, the golf club. And I liked how they brought the golf club back. <laughs> but it's like, isn't he an accomplice to murder then? Like, why can't that stick? Just because he didn't pull the trigger? That's how they do things over there. Hey, I don't know how it, how it works. Back in 2005. Downtown Chinatown. You can't say that. I can't, I was, and I just did. I was thinking, too, the part where Chan was with, um, I don't know his name, the supposed bad attitude cop guy. Wah. When they're sitting there eating, Wah, yeah. that's his name? Inspector Wah. He's fucking taking chunks of low main and downing it and stuff. I'm like, I know you didn't do this fucking in one take. Like, this guy had to eat so much goddamn low main noodles while he was doing that scene. Because, like I said, what first noticed it to me is I suck at eating with chopsticks. I can eat sushi with chopsticks because that's something big to grab onto. That's what she said. And But, like, rice, lo mein noodles, stuff like that. I could try all day and I'm not going to get any noodles on it, but he's grabbing like the whole fucking bowl of it and eating it. Well, and that's just the culture. Like I've seen a lot of, that's what you're supposed to do. You're yeah. supposed to slurp it up. Like, but I'm just like, like that means it's how good. much of that did he eat? All of that it. scene. 
My God, he had to be like throwing up. Easy scene. Yeah. All of it, every time. I guess so. So there was like a little turnaround part where Inspector Ma is the one who walks with the moral compass. And Inspector Chan is probably, they're trying to get moral him on the compass. side. <laughs> they're trying to get him on, on their side. Like, you're taking over the team. Wong Po has been playing not by the rules this entire time. Yet he's able to squeeze out of things and finagle his way. He's got a high-paid lawyer. We got people coming in to claim the murder of this person. They got the full video, the copy of the video. How did they find out who had the actual copy? That's what I want. That doesn't know. make sense, but and it's not like it's a small town. Like it's didn't he come forward with the copy of the He came forward to the inspectors and stuff, but they didn't put his name out. They were actually trying not to because they wanted to corrupt the tape. Hmm. Yeah, giving him credit, he probably would come forward. And even when afterwards, when Inspector Wall went to go handle it, the guy was still saying that the, the skinny guy shot him and not Wong Po. So his word would have got Wong Po out. Inspector Chan, like he has a vendetta for, for Wong Po and he questions his path. And Chan throws that right back in his face. It's like, well, you punched some guy so hard with one punch and ruined his entire life. Like he's no more. And it made him kind of consider getting on onto the same side. So when he returned back to the station and the chief, the commissioner or whatever, he approaches him like, where have you been? And he looks back and he sees all the people claiming to the murder of the undercover new recruit. And the team shows up behind him. And that little nod that he gives like, all right, I'm on your side. I thought that was a very respectful gesture. Is that your dick that just fell on the table there? Yes. <laughs> Loud. Flop. Even when Wong Po was arrested, he assaulted an officer. He yeah. broke his finger. <laughs> he grabbed it around the the bar and just like started pressing, compressing his finger yeah, against it. Even when he's like, even when he was in the interrogation room, he threatened the one guy like, "Come you get take my cell phone. Yeah. Come get it." It's like, okay, well, that's a threat right there. If I've ever heard of one, this was based around Father's Day, and I think the Father's Day holiday kind of adds to it because. One of them is trying to get back in contact with his dad, Inspector Wa. And Wong Po is a new father, and he's trying to enjoy it. Inspector Ma doesn't have his dad. His dad died from way back. And Inspector Kwok, like, he is trying to be a father to his daughter, who he hasn't seen for 10 years. She finally came forward and, like, wants to have this relationship. And, like, they're so happy. They have other things that they're trying to pursue, and it just doesn't fall through. Like, once they finally step outside the station and there's targets on their back and just the how jack has eyes on everybody he pretty much handles all of them in one night how does he do that i mean i'm pretty sure there's people all over who are giving the word out but i don't know where the transfer of information because he's just at the right time at the right spot every single time i have to say i like the um the debut of jack in the parking garage they have that uh, inspector guy locked in there. Yeah. And then all the way, he from the shadows, he sees him, and he's, like, walking. Then all of a sudden, he just starts running. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, does a little if I saw that, thing. that would just creep shit. Absolutely, And then, yeah. and he does the spin thing and throws the dagger, and it goes right through his fucking bicep. I'm like, get out of here. That was that. an awesome touch, too. What I noticed in that one is Inspector Lee was the one who was trying to do the traveling, and he wanted to leave. He wanted to get out of here. His family went to Brazil. He kind of wanted to be away from this. He wasn't attached to the force. Like he could have just walked away. And as he was getting death by a thousand cuts, thousand and one Jack takes off his aviators and puts it on him before he finishes them off. Huh? Yeah. I thought that was a interesting kind well, of, yeah. I think they're like Donnie Yen 
how he's outside the gate watching it happen and Jack's using the other guy as like a shield from Donnie Yen's point of view the inspector guys he's fucked up like yeah. he's not cut. just, just shoot, shoot him. through yeah. him shoot and get the other guy yeah. that's why I, part of me was saying oh is Donnie Yen like actually part of it is he a bad guy is he gonna twist switch. Yeah, yeah switch or whatever and whatnot but that switch never came there was a part where Inspector Wall was dying and it wasn't until that point where we're like that guy looks like Lonnie he looks like a Asian version of <laughs> <Yeah>. Lonnie <laughs> You were in this movie, and Justin's dad were in the movie. Yeah. You guys are going to be in the American version of it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> did you like the Hurricanrana that Donnie Yen did? Oh, to? yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's interesting. Like, I wonder if they they did that on purpose or if that's just their way of fighting. Because, like, to me, a Hurricanrana, I've only seen that in wrestling. Yeah. There was a random suplex that I noticed in the middle of the movie as yeah. well. Where he did Lee. He took Lee suplexed and suplexed him through a table. Yeah. yeah. Well, because everybody knows a regular suplex doesn't do shit. It has to be through a table. It's like Donnie Yen is, he's got a lot of arts under his belt. Like he was just getting big into jujitsu. And so he definitely added a lot of that into this too. And most fights do go to the ground and he is realistic enough to be aware of that. And how as I was saying, like Donnie Yen is one of those actors or martial artists who try to adapt to what's going on. And 2005 jujitsu mixed martial arts were huge. So yeah, that was their heyday. How old is Donnie in now? Dude, he's about like in the 50s or so. That's it? Give or take. I want to say so. Oh, look, I'm right here. I thought he was older than that. Because, I mean, that was 2005 and he looked like he was like in his 40s. If he's in his 50s, he's uh, holding up. What I find really... He's got some black and in him. Weird also is... He's got that Asian blood. They don't... They don't... It's a thing too. There's a uh, meme I saw of like like four cells of like a, a woman. It's like attractive woman at 19 attractive woman at 20 attractive woman at 40 and then they get all like you know slumped over and stuff at like what 60 or so it's like you look really good all the way until you hit 60 <laughs> so he was born in 63 so 40 48 he's, he's, he's almost no he was 63 40, so 47 48 no he'd be almost 60 because 2003 he would have been 40 Thirteen fifty-three. So he's he's fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Jeez. Well, this was also thirteen. Two thousand five. So this is sixteen years, 16 years ago. ago. Oh fuck! We're in the twenties, aren't we? We're not in the tens anymore. Nope. Holy shit! Welcome to twenty twenty-one. I need to wake the Come fuck up. <laughs> yeah. It's a sign I might be taking too many drugs, fellas. <laughs> Inspector Quark's daughter, like when they see each other, and she has like that playful question, like if this was the last day alive, and then he was murdered when she departed. Man, like it's all these coincidence upon Wong Po's release. It's like that's it's just so fucked up. Like you want somebody to have a happy ending because they aren't all lost causes. They're not all corrupt cops. None of them are actually bad people. It's like one of them just has a temper, but they they mean well. Like they want something to work out, especially with the corruption of the triad leader Wong Po. The thing that stuck with me is how Chan said that he wouldn't let anything happen to any of his guys, yeah. and, then and then it's just like every single one of them. It's pretty much pulling it all out from underneath him. And Inspector Chan, when he goes to the compound, when he goes to meet Wong Po, and he brings in a bag, they frisk him. They don't check the bag. It's like, why the fuck not? If you're going to let somebody come to your boss, you're not going to check the contents of something? And then that was the downfall because he just pulled out some weapons and shot everybody. The next scene, when Donnie Yen comes in, 
no bodies, no blood anywhere. <laughs> it's like you just had a shootout right here, and then you're all tied up. He's got a really great cleaning crew. <laughs> I, it seems like it. Like everything was back in order, and it was just him there. He took out all of his men. I think he might have done it himself. He's got a really good rebuff. <laughs> I think everybody's favorite scene is usually the alley scene or the final fight. I don't know. There was a scene with boobs in it, and they were really nice ones. What? There's boobs in this movie. There was? Yeah. Where? They bust into Wong Po's lounge, and I don't know if it was wife or who it was, but there's definitely boobs in it. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. I think I would remember something like that. Yeah. I watched it on YouTube, so. So, I think you watched this wrong thing. (laughs) No, I didn't. I paused, rewound, paused, looked, giggled. I was told to fast forward, so I did. I think you were watching Kill Bone. <laughs> no, this was a fast... There was no Bones Kill. A fast-paced movie that cut out a lot of the slack. Like, it didn't hold too long on things that could have dragged. It didn't drag at all. It moved the story along really quickly, and a lot of people came full circle. So, Inspector Ma, like, he handicapped some dude with one punch, you know, and the dude landed on the car. His final ending was tenfold. Like, he landed on the car, killing himself. Uh Wong Po, who desperately wanted to be a father, corrupted his own path by killing his only son after what this is like a double rainbow child. He had two miscarriages already, and then the third one was supposed to be the charm, which he snuffed out. But no, this was a an, an amazing movie all around. I think there's not too much I would change. There are some wire work issues and a few of those continuity issues as far as like the blood and right. whatnot. But like the wire work where Donnie Yen does the aerial cartwheel over the bar and then drag him to into the yeah, glass yeah. display. And I feel like they only did that one time because the setup, the and I'm pretty sure it was rough. Well, I that was very far fetched that part, but yeah. it also is what sticks out in my mind. Yeah, it's it, in that last fight scene. I I assume that they probably wrote that up, you know, and it looked good on paper. But when they put it out. They probably didn't get the angle. They probably, due to budget or something, they probably well, didn't have. And they used uh, Sammo Hung f- to actually do it. And oh, yeah. it's just like, he was probably like, uh, fuck this. Again, he's been through worse. Like, if you know anything about the Chinese circus, doing movies like these are probably nothing. I mean, you know, because well, yeah. all the, the torture and stuff that they put each other through during that, especially because he grew up in the Chinese circus with Jackie Chan at a young age. You know, him, Yuan Bao, like. For me, there's really not anything I would change because I stuff I would change is usually like kind of like a little bit major and stuff or character. I don't know that I'd change any of the characters. I don't know enough about these kind of movies. I don't watch many of them. So it's just like, you know, this is kind of like the first one I've really paid attention to. Maybe after I watch more of them, I'd have a little bit more um, constructive criticism for it. But like I said, it was a simple plot. It was easy to understand. Even without the uh, subtitles... I think you could figure out what the movie... The only thing that I would have probably not picked up on without the subtitles was the fact that he had cancer. That's the tumor. only... Yeah. yeah, the tumor. That's the, that's the only thing that I don't think I would have picked up on. But I, I other than that, I thought the movie was, was great. Honestly, I, I think eight's the most I've given for any of these movies so far. I don't know. Did Pulp Fiction, I might have given an 8.5 or a 9. But yeah, this is up there. Yeah, I think the movie was as good as it could have been for me that with the way i feel about the genre i feel like this movie as a seven is about its peak they could have done some with the dialogue to keep me more interested i think the action was good i think yet for what it was trying to do it was really good 
like I said, the dialogue could have kept me more enthralled. But a lot of that could have been with me listening to the English dub of it. But 100% transparency, I don't think it would have kept me interested reading the dialogue, to be honest. I have trouble with subtitled movies, even when I am paying 100% attention to them. But like I said, with this one, the tone wasn't really lost because it was more about the action than the dialogue. There's a lot of people who are just so detached from this, like... They don't reach outside of their comfort zone. It's like, there are amazing things, especially in Asia. Like, Hong Kong flicks are putting out so much original stuff. Like, look at what we have. You know, we're trying to remake, recast, regender, re-sexual orientate, you know, certain people that, that are prime characters, like in the Marvel Universe or something. And it's like, you don't have to. Like, you have a library to pick from from other cultures or something that, that are being untouched. Like, there are awesome, like... African gods or yeah, anything I, you can just go anywhere. But like the way that they do it, like with their mangas and stuff, it's like mm-hmm. you have top shelf stuff almost Absolutely. every month. You said mangas. Yeah. He's got big mangas. <laughs> big old mangas. <laughs> Not what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. It is, I think is probably one of the more higher rater 8.5 BPT rating. Yeah. I know we had said that uh, we were going to have a special guest for our next one, um, a buddy of mine named Joe O'Connor, but unfortunately, due to some uh, schedule conflicts, uh, he is not able to do our next podcast. Justin, you were going to reach out to somebody. Did they get back yeah. to you? We're we're good. We're set. They're going to do it? They're going to do it. What Do we know what the movie is? We do. What is it going to be? Oh, do Who is to announce it? Heck yeah. It's going to be uh, Jeremy. Maya. <laughs> Jeremiah. Uh, my good friend JJ Jeremiah. Okay, okay, he's going to be our next guest, and we are going to be watching. I don't know the year. I didn't need to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're gonna be watching V for Vendetta. Oh wow! We're gonna review that, baby. You know, it's, I have not seen that movie since it was in theaters. Yeah, and I, I actually, seen it. I actually fell asleep during it, but that was because I had been up for almost like 30 hours. You know, I feel like I did the same thing because I was in the military when that. I think when that came out and I probably fell asleep in the theater watching it. I remember but afterwards watching it. Amazing movie. That like, was the only movie I've ever fell asleep at the theater. But again, I was up for so long and there was nobody in the row besides the person I was with. And I freaking just like laid down on my side. The next thing I know, I missed like 30 minutes of the movie and I don't remember anything of it. So that'll be an interesting one. Boom. Great pick. I think, uh, it's going to be an exciting one. I haven't seen it in like so long, and I think it's yeah. going to be awesome for, I guess, our current current climate because it is kind of a political movie. Very much so. I sell a lot of those Guy Fox masks yeah. at my work every year, especially this last year. So, Dude, like, I, I mean, Guy Fox these days are um, synonymous with anonymous. So, and I love what anonymous does. It's kind of like the Satanic Church, like. They write the wrongs that are necessary to, to, to go out of their way with for. It's like, it's, yeah. But. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, interesting one. Yay. Cool. Well, thank you guys for watching episode seven of the Boundless Pod Trap movie review. And to everyone else who doesn't have hearing vision, thanks for listening as well. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> Did I make an oopsies? <laughs> I never uh. make oopsies. That was good. But yeah. Well, have a good night, day, morning, etc. Watch movies. Bye.
Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.